Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So we are now beginning the podcast, and everyone can hear each other. You can hear me. <laughs> We're all in the same sphere yeah. and everything is okay. My blood pressure has returned to normal. Uh, Maureen's fingers, you can uncross your fingers now, Maureen, just to let you know that that whole crossing fingers thing was a waste of your energy and time. Um, but we are all here. Uh, Maureen, I can't hear you. No, I haven't spoken, that's why. Oh, like normally there's like a, at least I can hear a breath. Just for a brief moment, I was like, holy shit. Can I just say that's, that's what happens when Jen is talking to me and I'm listening for once. And then she'll go... Jen's like, are you okay? What's no, no, wrong? she doesn't say, are you okay? She goes, are you still there? Are you still there? And I'm going, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's very rare for Maureen to listen. So this I just true. assume she's usually just switched off or, or hung up on me, which has happened a couple of times. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Anyway, it's it's relevant. The, the the backstory of this start of this particular episode is not relevant to what will be the, the continuation of this particular episode. We shall now be moving forward yeah. and past what has been a journey. Um <laughs> Alison, talk to me. We have spent a lot of time uh, with each other this week, but um, yeah. I also know that you've had your own, uh, you've had a, your own hell of a weekend. I had a great, I, I mean, if we say weekend, look, I, I took a, I was with Jen in Glasgow, which was really lovely. That was really lovely. We did shows. And then uh, every train in the world from Glasgow to everywhere was canceled because there was, get this, in England, are you ready? Heavy rain. Well, uh, it, not uh, even uh, in England. You can have I to just say, say don't say in England. Glasgow, in Scotland. Scotland. In the UK. Let me repeat that. In the UK, <laughs> up in the Scottish area, there was heavy rain. I just want to say that again. Heavy rain in the UK. And so things stopped working. I'm just saying, what, 70% of the time there's rain in in the UK? But anyway, there was heavy rain, so every train 
can stop working. Uh, so I took a I took a bus, everyone. I took a bus from Glasgow back to Manchester. There was a rave going on. Uh, there's a rave, everyone. I didn't know even know kids still went to raves, but there's a rave. And so I was on a bus with kids huffing balloons and uh, get, oh my get, God. getting ready for a rave. They were playing music. And I don't blame the bus driver for not doing a damn thing because I wouldn't have ventured into that either. So I had a rave coming back to Manchester. That was fun, everyone. I've never been to a rave before uh, in my life. I was on a yeah. bus yesterday and told the guy, asked the guy, perhaps not in the most polite way, uh, do you not have headphones? And anyway, he put his headphones on. I mean, the irony of that particular conversation that you had with that right chap. Now. Uh, right now. Right <laughs> now. It's not lost on me <laughs> in any way work. at all. Morning. But anyway, that, again, we're not going to, we're moving forward. We're not going to dwell yeah. on what happened before the start of this podcast. We're moving forward. Um, Yes, I can imagine the tone of voice, Maureen, which was a bit. Do you have any? And the bloke would have shat himself, I'm sure. Yeah. What happened? Did he put his headphones yes, on? Yes, he put his headphones on. Yeah. God, I wish you had been on the bus with me. You could have said no, that to all 37 I'm, I mean, teenagers. Was, that just would have. They just would have ignored you. Basically. They would have passed you a balloon. Yeah, Here, lady, I mean, take this. Chill I, out. I, <laughs> chill I out, love. I wanted, the ni- I wanted the night bus from Edinburgh to Manchester. Oh, my God. That was oh. that was hell on earth. And then, <laughs> and then even better, I had to, I was a guest on Gadio that morning. So I had to answer a competition with some weird answers. I had to do like name dances. So the woman <laughs> next to me is watching me. So I'm like going, Foxtrot. Two steps. Josh, Josh, It made absolutely no sense whatsoever listening at, you know, eight in the morning. God, do you know what? I would have loved to have been next to you when you have next Tango. Time, just to see everyone's face go, what the hell? Is she what? on about? No, no context. Thinking fucking nutter. No, no context. Context like... Q and A from Maureen on a night. Was it a night bus? It was a night bus from Edinburgh. To oh, but this was. A, but the but the show was in the morning. The show yeah. was in the morning, and then I remember going to Gadia and then sleeping <laughs> under their table because I was so tired. Oh my god! You don't sleep on these things. I mean, I went on the sleeper train uh, from from Glasgow to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was really looking forward to it. I romanticised it in my head, and. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just got distracted by Maureen grabbing a cat. Anyway, grabbing um, a pussy. Anyway. Grabbing a pussy again, as, as she's wont to do when I'm speaking. Um, <laughs> it's the effect you have on me, Jen. <laughs> it's the effect I have on a lot of women. Lot of women. Um, uh, so I'm on this. I turn up. The show finishes. I don't know what time the finished show finishes, but anyway, I finished the show at the Pavilion Theatre in Glasgow. Beautiful theatre, by the way. So beautiful. Congratulations, Glasgow. What an absolutely incredible theatre you have there. So beautiful. If you get a chance to go and see anything there, I urge you to go. Um, And it's just a walk down to the central station. It's absolutely tipping it down. In Glasgow? Tipping it. I mean, like torrential. And it's been raining since we arrived, wasn't it, uh, Alison? Yeah. So this is now five hours later (laughs) and it's still, there's been no change in the weather. It's still absolutely tipping it down. Um, I am accompanied by a, 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 an old friend and a musician, uh, uh, Horse. If you know, uh, if you know of Horse, uh, you'll know that she has been um, gigging for many, many years and is a, 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 a stalwart on the on the music circuit. And uh, anyway, 
she's brilliant. So do go and see her. She's back on tour. But anyway, she walked, fortunately, her and her mate walked me down to the station uh, with the umbrella. So I was like, you know, this is, I was like, I don't know, I was sort of in a good mood. I just finished this show. I knew I was going to have a weekend off. I was like, I can't believe it. I'm just going to have a weekend off and this is going to be really going to go on this train. I turn up. By the way, the Caledonian Sleeper is really lovely. It's really lovely. You go in, the cabins are tiny, but I expected that. I went to the uh, place where you go um, for the first class pit where you can have, you can pay for like some food or a glass of wine. (laughs) Still hung over from two days ago having a drink with um, Alison <laughs> and Jenny Goatley, so I hadn't recovered from that. So I was um, in the carriage, just I just had a, a bite to eat, and I thought, you know what? It's midnight. I'm going to go straight to bed. So <laughs> once it takes me like half an hour to take my clothes off in what is essentially a cupboard, <laughs> I managed to get into bed. <laughs> the bed is the width of my body. I'm not necessarily a big woman particularly (laughs) but it is the width of my body and I'm like okay that's fine it's a bunk that's okay um and then the alarms start to go like that and I'm like oh okay that's odd I wonder what that is I thought well it won't go on forever (laughs) because it's bedtime (laughs) so I go I I go to go to sleep then about 20 minutes later Anyway, this continues for the next, I don't know, two hours. This is the alarm on the train. I'm sorry, on the train. It's not alarm on the train. It turns out I am sat, my my, um, cabin is next to their office. So there is a, a, there is a, I don't know, like a, A I suppose a a phone or a bell there or like a a system where they communicate with each other. And that goes on pretty much all night i'm like i get to like four o'clock in the morning i'm literally delirious i'm like i gotta sleep i gotta sleep i'm so tired because i've already been on the road since like tuesday tuesday saturday morning okay i'm tired um anyway i finally get to sleep probably around half past four and i'm woken Ladies and gentlemen, we are just arriving at London Euston. It's six o'clock in the morning. All change here, all change. And I'm like, I've had about an hour and a half, not even proper sleep, but just sort of, you know, I don't even know what you would call it. Like I was just drugged. I drag myself out. They give you a free breakfast. I'm so jet lagged from this not sleeping. Do you know when you haven't slept, you're like, the last thing I want to do is eat. No, I've never been in that position. You know, I was like, I just, I just want to go. Well, I don't know, maybe if you've done five shows and not been on the road for five days and then only slept an hour and a half, that might be the one day more in where the thought of food makes you feel nauseous. But that was definitely my day. I felt really, like, physically sick. And I thought, all I want to do is go home. <laughs> Could you not move cabin? Could you not ask them to move your cabin? Or was it packed? No, it's packed. It's so... And also, there's no one to ask. <laughs> because yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but that bell is ringing because there's no fucking There's there. no one there! <laughs> The reason why that keeps ringing is because whoever's supposed to be in there isn't fucking there. Anyway. Uh, I'm surprised um, you didn't. I mean, I would have probably just got out there and tried to rip it off the walls. It's locked. That's the other thing. The door's locked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, when you know you're really tired, you're like, it took me half an hour just to get inside the bunk. It's so tiny. You're like, if I get out, I don't think I'll ever get back in again. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm still recovering from that experience. Oh, it's such a shame because you were so looking forward. It sounded such you a great so, idea. You were so, I was excited for you. We were all so excited. Because I've always so. wanted to do it. I've always wanted to like go up to Fort William on it. Well, my advice is, go if, they the give you, if you give, they give you, I think it's like, okay, all right, I'll tell you what my cabin number, if they give you K1, please ask for a different cabin. <laughs> And all, uh, but 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 saying that it's really look the actual cabins are really nice. More and you'd love this. They put chocolate on your pillow. Ooh, little bar of chocolate on your pillow. Um, there are earplugs, but they don't drown out the sound of that noise. <laughs> <just today. laughs> but it, the actual train itself, it is. I don't want to put people off because it is. It is. A, uh, uh, I think it could be a really lovely experience if you're not in K one. If you're not in K one, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I think it would be a, a, a magical experience. Uh, and there is something romantic about, um, like, if you'd been, if you'd been, even with your with a mate, you know, in the ca- in the cabin with the where you have your food it's quite a nice experience just to sit there and have something to eat and yeah, maybe yeah, have yeah. a drink and yeah it is it's really lovely so i would recommend it it's just, it's just... just don't go to k1 yeah avoid k1 hey I, i've had quite um i've been making use of my time which is something i'm really bad at as jen knows like normally i just like i'll i'll get to four o'clock and i've done an hour's writing and an hour's admin i'm like oh, i don't know where the time got to so i've been doing something called behavioral activation have you heard of that? Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, it's actually really, really good. Um, and also, if you're like me, I tend to put off stuff, you know, and then you get yeah. you get down because you're putting off stuff, and then you you so you put off more stuff, and it's like a vicious circle. So basically, you have to divide your routines into uh, activities, sorry, into routine activities, pleasurable activities, and necessary activities. So you put three groups, and then you rank them, you know, easy, not so easy, more difficult. And so the first week, you have to structure your day, so you have to do. A couple of things like you start off with the easy stuff because then it, it, you know, it kind of incites you. Oh, it activates you. Activates you more. So I did that last week. So you did two in the morning, two in the afternoon, two in the evening, and obviously with people have got a day job, then your your day is pretty up with work. But it was it was good for me because actually I I found myself doing more stuff, and being more active and getting stuff done that I needed to get done. Obviously the days I went gigging Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It kind of all fell by the wayside. Sure. But I sure. knew oh, I had... that's st- normal. Yeah, but I knew I had stuff to do, so I actually did do them, you know. And actually, I thought it was quite good. It made me, like, the days I was here, I definitely used my time more because Jen knows I'm so bad at using my time because I've got so much of it. And um, I found it really good, and I think it's very good, actually, for your mental health as well because you... you oh, feel definitely. Because like, you feel like you're achieving stuff because, you know, you're like, I've done this. And you give yourself pleasure as well because I think when you try and... Either you try and do too much and it lasts two days and then you're back to where you were before. Or it's just, oh, I've got to do all the necessary stuff. And also I was doing pleasurable stuff. So I had a pedicure. I know it's winter, but it was nice. Um, no, it's always good to have a pedicure. And, and it's called oh, Maureen. And a massage. No one's going to... Absolutely. I'm so proud of you. That's brilliant, Maureen, because you're doing all of this off your own back, mm. you know. and uh, And also it's really hard to even start doing stuff like that and the fact that you are doing that is really 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 good yeah that's why it's good to start with easy stuff do you know what I mean stuff that's you know there's because there's still Absolutely. stuff I'm putting off but you kind of feel more incentivized to do the harder stuff because you're like okay it's not that big a deal you know well um, you know um it 
the thing that um and Chloe always tries to get me to do this and I, and I and I and I try I don't always do it but it does always make me feel better when I do it it's like and I'm sure Alison is already doing this and has been her entire life but when you've got these things done if you write down the things that you've wanted to achieve that day and then you tick, tick them, them yeah and then you can see what you've achieved you can go oh I've done that and I've done that and I've done that and there's a lightness to it because you think, right, well, I don't, I can stop thinking about that now because I've done it and I've achieved it. And that day book that I bought you yes. is a really good place to use that to go, what am I doing today? And then when you've done it, tick it and anything left over, you pass over to the next day. Yeah. Yep. I even went swimming last week. And um, also I'm trying to go to bed. This is another thing. Uh, going to bed, obviously not when At I'm the gigging. same time. But yeah, at the same time. So I was actually in bed before midnight, which is unusual for me, as Jen knows, by about four hours. And um, so I, you know, and then so I slip, you know, I'm getting up at, and trying to get up at, because Chloe's very good with you, making you get up at an early t- early time. Was I just oh, lounging? Oh, yeah, she's good at that. Yeah, she's really good at that. <laughs> you don't get any choice in the matter. But for me... I imagine your children are good at that too. I imagine your children... They, yeah, they, but they, even, they come in. Yeah. But even before the children, Chloe was very, always made you get up at a certain time, didn't she? She was like, you've got to... Half past eight. Half past eight. I remember that. Up you get. And I would be looking at Jen going, are you mad? Anyway, but I am now getting up. I got in at two. Come on. (laughs) Half past eight. I got up. So I'm getting up at nine, which obviously for most people who've got a proper job is late. But for me, it's pretty early. So Maureen, it's great. I want you to uh, give yourself a pat on the back because I think also you should be really pleased with yourself. You're doing so many uh, proactive things for your mental health, which have been yeah. really, really um, good. And by the way, uh, noted by everybody because you look great. Yeah, you look. <laughs> you do, but in yourself, there's a lightness that I've missed. I missed. I missed a light, Maureen. And uh, I can see her coming back and it's wonderful to see. Yeah, because for those who don't know, people know I've had a few problems, but they don't know all the problems I've had over the, the last three years. <laughs> no, and, and but but also you've had a lot to, to contend with. Yes. And, uh, and I mean a lot. And you have con- you've done dealt with it, you know, on your own and you've been absolute... You've been you've been so fantastic at managing yourself and being proactive at, 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 you know, like when you when you do feel yourself like slipping into a depression, which 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 would be completely understandable that you've been taking um, positive steps to mitigate that. Mm -hmm. And we're both very proud of you. In fact, I'd like to take this moment, Maureen, to say that we love you. Oh, thank you very much. We do. Now. We're not going to dwell on that because uh, that's that's not what this uh, podcast is about. Um, what we are going to move back towards is uh, Maureen Younger has obviously done something fucking stupid. Let's find out what that people body moment is. I messaged Jen. I have just put olive oil in my eyes. <laughs> and I was like sitting there going, why is it so blurred? I, I mean, you can't make this shit up, can you? <laughs> It was oh. fine in the end, but I wouldn't recommend it. No, you wouldn't recommend it, Maureen. <laughs> I love that we go right from praising her to give us your stupid yeah, moment. Of <laughs> it's the yang, it's the yang that comes with the yin, and she has to handle it. It's the British mm. way. Uh, well, it's going to be a very short beam, Maureen, it, and it features, <laughs> features Jamie. Uh, Jen knows this. <laughs> yes, I know this, Maureen, and so Jamie. does Alison. Oh yeah, Alison knows it. Oh, I was, was going to try and surprise Alison. Uh, it turns out that Jamie is not a he. Jamie is a she. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. 
Maureen, for fuck's sake. Oh, do you know what? I mean, in your defence, I did meet the cat, but there was a little bit of me. That I said to Alison, There's I know not- the cat hasn't been like castrated or spayed or whatever, so it would have had a pair of bollocks hanging because they're cats have got two fairy bollocks that are very obvious <laughs> well, I didn't know that I don't go around looking at cats genitals well I mean they just hang at the back of the body really, just below the bot- bottom I was told it was a boy so I just assumed it was a boy Maureen do you know what as I said in your defence you were told the cat was a boy I was told it was a boy until you went to the vet and, and the vet said, went no no this- <laughs> It was really funny because I just assumed it was a boy, obviously. Because, you know, if I've got a spare 10 minutes, I'm not checking my cat's genitals. I'm not a twat or a pervert, am I? So I just was like, it's obviously a boy. <laughs> and then we went to the kit because I was being a good, good mother. I And it's really funny at the at the vets because they go, Jamie. And I'm just sitting there because it's not my name. And they go, Jamie Younger. I'm going, there's another Younger here. Anyway, it was obviously the cat. And <laughs> it took me a while to figure that one out. <laughs> Why is that woman called Snappy? <laughs> Why is that man called Mitzi? <laughs> or Rolo or something. Anyway, Rolo, yeah. Um, anyway, she went in and just out of interest, I said, just out of interest, um, it is a it is a boy. And she picks picks Jamie up and goes, No, that's a little vulva. I was like, Okay. I'm still calling her Jamie. She does she ignores the name anyway. So Jamie's well. fine. Jamie's, Jamie's is a versatile Jamie, name. Jamie yeah. can be unisex. But when Jamie I t- Winston is a girl. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I, I sent to uh, Jen. Uh, Jen said to me actually when I told her, she goes that would have been just typical. Like you know, in six months' time, you're going. My cat's getting really fat, and they're not realizing it was pregnant. More would be like, turns out I don't need to have my cat castrated. Already been castrated. Six months later, she's pregnant. I think my cat. Is... I think my cat might be a girl. I think my cat might. So uh, yeah, we've got six more kittens. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm glad that you, you you found that out now, Maureen. Um, what a yeah what... makes a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't now look another another bit of estrogen in the in the in the. But you know, I just thought you? that is Sod's life. I, Sod's law. I thought I had another man in my life. Even the cat let me down. Even the cat wasn't what he meant out to be. <laughs> you know how you're constantly surrounded by lesbians. I am. This is. This is. I'm going. I'm, and now, I'm at that one point, you're like, finally, there's a man, man in, in my, my life. life. Now it's another. No. 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 It's, it's another not. female. It's another female. Oh my god. <laughs> but I love. I can look. We can see Jamie in the background there, and I love that because you, Maureen's bought her little Kit Kat a um. What, what would you call that? Cat tree. Like a it's, like it's a, a scratching post. A huge. It's a scratchy post of a tree. Yeah. And look, she loves it. Oh, she's, she's having all, a lovely time up there. She's always on it. And she's very, very affectionate now. Only in the mornings and late, late at night. Late at night, she, I wanted to take a yeah. photo. She was over Same my, with my children. She was mornings the, and late at night. She was over, lying over my body <laughs> with, her, with her arms up because she wanted her belly tickled. It was... Oh, <laughs> she loves you, Maureen. She loves you, um, and I'm glad to see that uh, you you properly bonded um, with your female kitten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, Maureen, um, that I don't think there's a single person that's been listening to this podcast for any amount of time that is surprised by this gender <laughs> reveal. No, I mean I love it. I love that this has happened. Not surprised, uh, but it's. What is gender anyway? Who gives a shit, right? This is the day That's and true. age. You've got no idea how she's identifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maureen, that is a classic Be More Maureen, and I very much enjoyed that. When you texted that to me, I, I, you should have seen the eye roll. It was big. It's awesome. 
Maury Younger, thank you very much for your beat, not money moment. Another classic, uh, one for the annals. One yeah. for the annals? annals! <laughs> one for my annals. <laughs> Let's go back to Alison. Alison, I know that you have a problem that no one else can help with because you are the A-team. Let's find out and let's uh, uh, ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my Take my advice. I ain't using it. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much. This is a return writer, which I Whoa. love. Thank you, return, return writer. Return customer. I know. I'm so delighted about it. Uh, my disclaimer, I am not a therapist. I have no education in regards to any sort of <laughs> help of any sort. I just, my family's sick of me talking, so I'm giving out advice to anyone who wants it in the world. Uh, here we go. So... I am the gal who wrote about how I could boost my daughter's confidence earlier this year, and I'm happy to report that she is doing much better at school. She has settled into another group of friends. Oh. She adores her teacher this year, and she got into the school play, which she is very excited about. Can I say, first off, I'm so happy that she got into the school play. Drama changed my life. So I'm so happy that she found something that she is excited about. I know she's going to have a great time. Being involved with a play is... It's so fun, right? Maureen, come on. Such a good time being in a play. Like, you're just going to form relationships. You bond with the people. I'm so happy. Okay. Now, this writer has a problem of their own. Uh, We are most likely to move early next summer. While I hate change and deep down I don't want to move, I know that it will be good for me and my family long term. I will go back to school after being home with my kids, and we will be able to afford a house that fits our better needs. We don't know anything for certain yet because I haven't applied to schools, but the move will be inevitable. But... When do I tell people? I just started to nourish my social life again after COVID, and I have made a few new dear friends over the last year. It will be hard to leave them. I am very tempted to tell them our time together is limited. I want to spend as much meaningful time with them as possible. Is this too much? Am I betraying them if I don't tell them now? I guess what it comes down to is the question of what's the protocol for letting people know that I am deliberately going to leave them. This sounds melodramatic, but that's the space my big heart is in right now. Hey, listen, I think if these people are people that you love and you're developing these friendships, you absolutely got to tell them, right? They they deserve to know. Also, they'll probably want to know maybe their actual physical time with you in this place is a little limited. But I just... I don't want you to think that these relationships also have to be over. Don't think of that, right? Um, look, if someone also is your is your close friend, they deserve to know. They deserve to know what's going on. Um, also, look, you can maintain relationships from a distance. I barely have physically been with Maureen and Jen. And, you know, we, we are still, uh, I know more about what's going on with them than I know uh, what's going on with Danny some days. And I live with him in the same house, everyone. So, I mean, look, distance is no longer an effector. Um, there's Zoom. Who knows? You might be moving to a place that these friends are going to want to come and visit you. You might want to go back and visit them. So please don't think at all that these relationships are ending. They're just shifting. Also, I just want to praise you for going back to school. Can we just give this person an applaud right now? I'm so proud of you 
Good for you. It is so hard to make that decision later on in life. But also, you're going to meet a ton of people now that you're going back to school. Look, this new place that you're going to, there's about to be a bunch of friendships and relationships that you're about to develop. So I'm so excited for you. I think this is going to be wonderful. And I just think you should look at this as, as gaining more people in your life, not losing gaining more people in your life. Um, so I know that's not really advice, but I just want to praise you and, and say, look forward to these things that are about to come. You can maintain the old relationships. You're going to gain new ones. Look at nothing but greatness is about to happen in your life. And thank you for sharing all of this with us. Um, it's nice to know that, you know, we affect people in a positive way and that you want to continue to share your journey with us. So congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Let your friends know. They might want to throw you some parties. They deserve to know. Nothing but good. That It's not advice, but I just wanted to praise you. Thank you so much for writing in again, and I'm, I'm so proud of you. There we go. That's my advice. Alison, great advice. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. You don't have to, this doesn't have to be the end of anything. It can be the start of something new. And as Alison said, and we say this as comedians, all of us have friends that sometimes we don't see for like a year and we pick up where we left off, don't we? Right, where we left off. Yeah. That's a sign of a good friendship. Like when I see my old mate Franz, sometimes I haven't Oh, he lives him. in Austria. He lives in Austria. But like when we meet up again, it's like we just met no, the last No time day, has passed. Yesterday. Yeah. It's, um, you know, if you've got good, I mean, I I spoke to a guy that I hadn't seen, hadn't seen for twenty six years, and we just chatted for four hours, and it was like we just spoke the other week. So it's it's it can be very good. Also, sometimes it helps with relationships you don't see if you're not always with them. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> so uh, I don't like the way Maureen was looking at me when she said that. But yes, <laughs> actually got eye contact with me there for the first time in this entire record. Um, but I do, <laughs> I do think that um, both of them are right. You, you know, you don't. I don't think, especially in this day and age, that leaving wherever the, your town or whatever means that you can't maintain friendships. And also, as Alison said, we it's an excuse to visit. Yeah. You know, and actually, sometimes you end up seeing a person just as much as you did before because they want to come and visit you, and it's an excuse to get away. When I lived in Paris, I was incredibly, incredibly popular. Everybody came to visit me. And then when I went to live near Frankfurt, um, my popularity declined quite steeply. <laughs> no one came to visit me. <laughs> no one came. <laughs> Weird that one. I can't. Just trying to figure out what the what, correlation what, what is. What the reason is. <laughs> yeah, what the reason might be. Um, well, anyway, brilliant advice, Alison. And thank you to our writer, Rinna, Rinna, Rinna. I hope that that was helpful to you. And also congratulations on going back to school. Um, it'll be fun times. It sounds like it's fun times ahead. Enjoy. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sorry, Alison, I'm distracted by the fact that Maureen appears to be drinking double cream. I'm not drinking double cream. What are you drinking? It's a cafe latte. Oh, thank God. I, oh. Sorry, <laughs> Alison, let's be honest. It wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility that Maureen is chugging on some double cream. <laughs> Now it is time for us to uh, impart to you and let you all know that we have been in front of our televisual boxes and taking it all in and manifesting and digesting. Well, actually, I went to the cinema because I was in Birmingham this weekend and they've got a fantastic cinema there called the Electric Cinema. which It looks like it was built yes, in the 30s. Yes, it's beautiful. I don't know if it was, but that's, it's got that Art Deco look and it's got sofas in the back which obviously is my ideal what? form of sitting. Wait, what? Yeah, I got sofas yeah, in the back. The seating's very comfy anyway, but they've got sofas in the back row. So guess who was on a sofa? And I watched a, which, I watched a Haunting in Venice, the new Kenneth Branagh movie, which is the... I've seen that. Have you? What did I, you think? I saw that with Ingrid. Um, I went to see it. Where were we? Uh, I want to say maybe Swindon. I can't remember. Anyway, no, not Swindon, but we were somewhere. Anyway, we had time to kill. What did I think? I saw it on a Sunday afternoon and I felt like that was the appropriate time to go and see that film. And I feel like it is a film that should be watched on a Sunday afternoon because I'm not sure if it's really a film that warrants a whole evening. Do you know what I mean? Is that yeah. bad? Yeah, I mean, it's better than when we saw The Death on the Nile, which we, we both saw together, which was not very good. Um, I think it, 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 what's good about it is that you don't know the story because The Death on the Nile, everybody's seen the previous uh, movies and stuff. Um, I think it's better than that. It's beautifully shot. The photography <laughs> is fantastic. What are you laughing at? We just read the no, review. No, no. No, 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 no. It, I, I'm just agreeing with you. But yes, it is beautifully shot. You're so right. The cinematography is is, is really great. But do you know what I think? I think like something like Death in the Nile or the you know the one on the uh, Orient Express from the 70s. They're great cameos, and I think the problem is the the cameos. Apart from Jude Hill, Jude is it Jude Hill, the young boy who's brilliant in it. The cameos don't really stand out, so you're not that bothered about the characters. Do you know what I mean? Well, in the 70- well, no one gets enough time yeah. on screen for you to be invested in them. So you're not really mm. invested in them. Uh, Kenneth Branagh's doing this kind of very serious Poirot. I mean, Poirot is a bit of a buff- buffoon, you know, and, and in the 70 films they kind well, of... Well, pretends to be a buffoon almost, doesn't he? Yeah, in order that people he, underestimate but him. He, yeah, but he's also quite vain and, you know, he has his... And pompous. You know, pompous and stuff yeah. like that, which they brought out. And, you know, like in the, in the 70s they had, you know... Maggie Smith and Bette Davis as a kind of a double act. I mean, that's just, that's comedy gold. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's the problem. The characters, the cameos don't get enough time. You don't, they're not really interested in the characters. And I think it's trying to be a bit too, I don't know. It just doesn't, I mean, it's fine. It's fine to watch. It's very comfy watching it lying on a sofa at the electric cinema. It wasn't lying. I was obviously sitting up on a sofa in the Birmingham. 
<laughs> it was a sofa. You were absolutely you laying down. down. Don't even, don't, don't even, even worry. Pretend, Maureen. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean, it's watch. It's watchable. Yes, I think it's watchable. I think also <laughs> you don't need to go and see it in the cinema. <laughs> um, but but you know, it's kind of like a comfort movie. Yeah. I, you know, we had time to kill um, before a show, so. Um, I think we were in Basingstoke. We went to see it in Basingstoke, actually, in a, in the cinema there. And by the way, every single seat in Basingstoke has um, view cinema. It has the, the thing where the, your legs go up, oh, and the, it, the chair reclines, and yeah. then the, the legs go up, so that you are basically well, you can be almost flat lying down if you want. It's mad. That's my type so, of cinema. Yeah, yeah, but I was like, "Are we in the wrong seats? So we haven't paid extra for these." And they were like, "No, no, no, they're all like that." I was like, oh, "With these seats, you are spoiling me." <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I just, I don't. I mean, there were there were bits in it that was like, I don't know. Anyway, it's it's got the, the actors are in it like Tina Fey and um, uh, Jamie Dornan. Oh always watching Jamie Dornan and all of that. I mean, oh, okay, but Jude Hill is really abs- good in it as, as a little a, boy. A great cast, a great cast, but yeah, ultimately a little bit on the disappointing side. Mm. So, thank you very much for your recommendation or or lack thereof, Maureen. But certainly, <laughs> it's watchable, everyone. It's watchable. <laughs> it's definitely watchable. I have been watching a show with. Um, uh, Chloe that we've just finished which I think I recommended to Maureen a while ago it's called Hijack we're a bit late to the party because I know lots of people that are listening to this show will have watched it and already know about it and are like yeah seen it done it been it in it want it loved it it's brilliant it's brilliant it's on Apple TV and it stars Idris Elba as a I guess you would call him a uh, he he's he he's a negotiator for like when for businesses you know like but not not like a hijack negotiator but he has to negotiate and persuade people to make decisions in business in order to benefit his client and anyway he finds himself on a plane that is hijacked and we're not quite sure why it's hijacked it's it's it doesn't appear to be for a terrorist reason but there is a reason that no one can figure out what it is to begin with we see that his wife is has left Idris Elba and is now in a relationship with a police officer played by Max Beasley. Um, that's a separate story. And then we see it from air traffic controls um, perspective as well. And it is, and also then you see also, I suppose from the perspective of the people that are doing the hijacking. Mm. Okay. So it's, it's, it's brilliantly written. I mean, um, the, the chap that wrote it, Oh gosh, what's his name? I'll give you that information shortly. Um, George George K and Jim Field Smith created it, and I've got a feeling Jim. Yeah, so they're the, they're the creators and the writers of it. It is such a brilliant show. It's so tense. All of the characters I feel like are quite well drawn. Even the ones that like even in air traffic control, where you think we don't need to know too much about these people, you get a sort of a, th- a third dimension of who that of who they are. It's it's. It doesn't go in the direction you think it's going to go. Uh, Idris Elba's character is, is um, you know, you, you, all I want to say is if I'm ever on a plane that's hijacked, can Idris Elba get in there? I just, he needs to be on the plane. 
uh, I can highly recommend it. So it's also got, oh yeah, um, Archie Punjabi, who you know from The Good Wife. Yeah, yeah. You've got, um, like I said, Max Beasley. I mean, the most unrealistic part of the storyline is that anyone would leave Idris Elba for Max Beasley, but that's beside the point. <laughs> um, it's, it's uh, and then you've got all of the, uh, the, the, the people that are on the the hostages on the aeroplane as well as all of the staff that are on the aeroplane. So like, you know, the stewards and the pilots, etc. Um, I think it's seven episodes. It's on Apple TV. It's tense from episode one to episode seven. It's bloody tense. Um, and it's so watchable and a very satisfactory ending, may I say. Thank you very much. Do watch it. So it's watchable then? Five stars from this lesbian. Oh, five stars. <laughs> five stars. Wow. Yeah, I think so. I'm thinking, what do I What do I want from a TV show? I want to be engaged from start to finish. I want to feel like it's believable. And I want to like, and I want to be engaged with the characters. So I think, yeah, five. Let's do, let's do the Chloe test. Did Chloe look up from her computer while watching this? She didn't even have her computer. What? It's a five. It's a five, everyone. That's a five. That's a five. Yeah. A five Chloe, Chloe was totally totally uh, 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 sucked in and every now and again she'd be like I, don't, I, I can't I can't this is too much she was well I've into it I've never known it's a five. that is a big deal I think I, I, and actually um, I think it covers all of the things that both of you like uh, so I think it, it's the Venn diagram one of the few shows that I think that that is an Alison Maureen and Jen watch I think this might Ooh. be the first one I think you could, I think you'll all enjoy <laughs> if it if only I had Apple Maureen, TV <laughs> Maureen you will have to get Apple TV <laughs> Or do what you always do and you use my login. Alison, <laughs> 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 talk to me about your horror recommendation. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, I uh, the other week I was talking about how I fe- I watched the movie that I love more than anything, Drop Dead Gorgeous, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, uh, you know, and it, it reignited my love at, or just reminded me my love for Brittany Murphy. All right, R.I.P. Love Brittany Murphy so much. Yeah, she's And then great. I was thinking about, okay, this person going back to school, and I was like, oh, what's a school kind of themed horror movie? Cherry Falls is my recommendation for this week. Oh, Cherry Falls. I've okay, never listen heard to of this. It. I know it went under the radar. Look, I know some people are going to be like, whatever, but okay. So, a small town sheriff, Brent Markin, discovers the presence of a serial killer in his sleepy hamlet. Since the perpetrator has been targeting only virgins, both male and female, the deaths cause panic in much of the local high school population. The sheriff's daughter, Jody, Brittany Murphy, is among the potential victims since she has yet to sleep with her boyfriend, Kenny. Can the lawman stop the killer before he goes after Jody? That's right. Killer's getting virgins. You couldn't get more classic horror movie than this. <laughs> it's a classic uh, teen horror, isn't it? It's so like, yeah. Uh, am I going to lose my virginity so I can live? It was. It's great. Now, the cast. This is why I love it, too. Okay, my the cast. Um, I love it because we got good old Brittany Murphy. We've got Jay Moore in it. And Jay Moore is fantastic oh. in this. He is great. Um, is he creepy in it? Uh, he's the teacher. Uh, he plays a very good role. Look, I just, for a horror movie. Oh, Jay Moore. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm confusing him with someone else. No, nope. no, no. Okay, Comedian Jay Moore. Is. Yeah, I know who uh, he is. And the fact that the two leads in this are comedic actors. I mean... It just, it's a, I laughed out loud in some parts, okay? Because it's one of these, like, funny kind of horror movies, teen flick. 
I just, to me, look, if you want to venture into the world of horror movies, this is a great one to start off with. You're going to have a good time. You're going to have a giggle. I mean, the concept of having to lose your virginity so you don't get killed. I just, I love it, everyone. It was great. <laughs> they go to a party where they're all going to have sex. I mean, come on. You can't, you can't get more classic than this. So I really want to recommend Cherry Falls as my horror movie of the week. Yeah, Cherry Falls is recommended by Alison June Smith. I think it's also one of the top 10 teen horror flicks of all time. Ooh. Did you know that? I did know that, but I'm so happy to hear it. Yes. Um, also, in terms of like reviews, uh, let me tell you, it doesn't, it's not bad actually. I think for people that are actually reviewing it, so not critically, but it gets 4.3 out of 5 on Amazon. Yay. 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm beginning to ignore Rotten Tomatoes because they've started saying some things are good when they're not and some things yeah. are bad when they're great. So I'm, I'm actually starting to just forget about them. IMDb, basically 5 out of 10, which is which actually, for a horror film, doesn't yeah. really mean anything. No. It means no. it could either be brilliant or whatever. So um, check Cherry Falls Out. It doesn't sound to me like it's really gory, is it? It's gory? not. It's not gory. And like I said, there's some laughy moments. Like there's, there, there is chasing, is it there's like jumping out. There's that sort like of thing. Like scream kind of parallel. Yeah, yeah. even less. Uh, I find scream to be, you know, there's some scenes that might be a little ooh, brutal kill scenes. I, I, I don't even think these are, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend it. You'll get it. You'll get a good few jump scares, a couple giggles. And I loved it. Yeah. Brilliant. Cherry Falls starring Brittany Murphy. Go out. And have a watch of that. Maureen Younger, I can see you in the corner of my screen and your corner has been cultured by a scientist. Please tell us about your cultural corner. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's, uh, we're going to have a bit of an Irish feel tonight for this week because uh, I'm into it the, the great actor Michael Gambon died recently uh, absolutely oh, fantastic yeah, actor yeah and I didn't know he was Irish <laughs> I had no idea he was I Irish. didn't know he was Irish. Irish I didn't know he was Irish I, I mean he grew up in London but um, he he's Irish and um, but I, I do find that you know it must piss off the Irish but like we do have a way of kind of in Britain of a kind of certain Irish people we just kind of kind of take as our own don't really ask but, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Michael Gambon did play a lot of British roles, so English roles. So, but yeah, he was actually Irish, and I just thought, you know, there are some Irish writers that are kind of in the British canon. To be fair, at the time when they lived, uh, Britain was Ireland was part of Britain. Uh, not, not all the Irish were happy with that, obviously. Um, so, um, and there's uh, the two most famous writers, I suppose, Irish writers that are part of the like British literature canon, or considered that, are Oscar Wilde. And I think sometimes, you know, when you get somebody from outside looking into a culture they've got a better view because things that we yeah. think of as normal we just assume they're normal whereas if you've got an outside eye you can you can pinpoint it more do you know what I mean so like that's why yeah, Bryson yeah. is very good because you know you've got you, you go oh don't, doesn't everybody do that and you're like yeah you know no no we don't it's a very British thing so um so Oscar Wilde was great his most his most famous play is The Importance of Being Earnest there's a really famous 1952 version with Edith Evans as Lady Bracknell and that's who every Lady Bracknell is measured against in her oh, I'm back. um so that's uh, it's a really good play it's worth going to see it is it is fun 
Uh, another good one is An Ideal Husband. And there's a 1999 version of that with Rupert Everett, Julianne Moore, Kate Blanchett and Jeremy Northam. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think I was, I was going to say, is that the Rupert Everett one? Yeah, I've, that's the I've seen that one. Yeah, it's good. It's, it is good. It is good. Yeah. And the other other ones are Lady Windermere's fan, a woman of no importance, and an ideal husband. He also wrote Dorian Gray, which the picture of Dorian Gray, which I've never read. Picture of a, Dorian Gray, which is a very well known yeah. book about a young guy who keeps his looks. He makes a pact with the devil and he keeps his looks, but the painting of him turns into what he should look like. I mean, I think it's quite a good idea to be honest. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's worth worth reading. Um, and there's also films about his life. Obviously, there's one with. Um, is it Peter Finch, the Australian Stephen, actor? And there's one with... Um, Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry, that's a, late, that's a later version, yeah. Okay. That's more about the relationship he has with this one chap as yeah, well. Yeah, both the one... About his life. Yeah, it's yeah. all about him ended up in Reading Prison. And Ooh. and there was actually a really... There was a series with Peter Egan, actually, in the, I think in the 70s as well, where he played um, he played Oscar Wilde. And the other, the other great uh, Irish writer that's kind of a, is considered part of the British literary canon even though the Irish might not agree with that, is um, Bernard Shaw, George Bernard Shaw. Yes. His plays don't get performed that much now because I think he, he had a lot of big social message. Um, but obviously his most famous one is Pygmalion, which was turned into My Fair Lady, which is a bit more saccharine than, version than Shaw originally wrote because it is about the class system. And if you're not British, you don't understand how important the way you talk defines how you were treated still in is, isn't it yeah it, still it absolutely is. Is. Still, still, you know the rp accent is still considered the right way to speak no, yes yeah and, do, do, and honestly regional you get, accents are discriminated it's, against yeah it's different if you're foreign but if you're british uh, you know like when i deal with authority i actually put on a middle class upper middle class accent and you get treated so much yeah. better yeah. And I, I remember when my father got, he got diagnosed with, it's not asbestosis, but something similar because a, a lot of plumbers from the 60s got it because they used to lag pipes with asbestos. asbestos. Oh, God. And the way my the doctor talked, because my dad's very Scottish, very working class, the way my the doctor talked to my father was, I, I was fuming. I obviously butted in, but it was, I thought you wouldn't have talked to somebody like that if they spoke RP. It's uh, And that's what yeah. Pygmalion really is about, you know, the... Uh, in fact, George Bernard Shaw left money so because he thought the English the way people spell in English is ridiculous, which is true, and he wanted to make an alphabet which made more sense, which anybody who studies English as a foreign language would happily agree with. But um, in fact, there's a very funny clip with oh Lucille Ball and her husband, and she's giving him pronunciation rules, but of course they change from word to word. It's very it's a very funny clip about English, but that's his most famous play. Um, Another great play is Mrs. Warren's Profession, which was written in 1893, but wasn't performed until 1902, so almost 10 years later, because the Lord Chamberlain refused its licence. So until the 60s, you had to get a licence from the Lord Chamberlain. Why? Everything was had to be approved by the Lord Chamberlain. Literature, uh, but why, play. Why wasn't that why one wasn't approved? Because Mrs. Approved? Warren's Profession was being a prostitute. I was going to say, is it about prostitution? Yeah, and basically uh-huh. it's a young girl who finds out that her mother, a very successful, very wealthy mother, basically uh, became a prostitute. And what it was, it, it kind of went away against the tropes of, you know, fallen woman and whatever. And it's an economic thing. And what Shaw was saying is that, you know, you can only have principles if you can afford them. And if, if women are offered work, which at the mm. time was often um, ill-paid, dangerous, um, starvation wages, or they can work as a prostitute and actually earn a decent living, then you can't, 
you can't blame women for choosing that option. If you And if you want to stop prostitution, you need to give women more economic opportunities and benefits. Yes, and let's uh, let's say that, <laughs> be honest, nothing. I mean, that's, that's, that still applies today. Yeah, you know? yeah, nothing much has changed. What I love, too, is the people who at the boards or whatever that didn't approve oh, that. Oh, yeah. They... It's probably a bunch of men that hire a lot of prostitutes and they were like, well, this is disgusting. People don't need to know about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's, yeah. it was the whole, you know, it wasn't it wasn't going down the usual tropes. Another great play is Joan of Arc, uh, sorry, St. Joan, which um, I read when I was 17. Joan, St. Joan was 17 when I read it. So I was like, oh my God. And it was a, it's a really great play. And actually it's one of the, tr one of the things I remember from it was that she said, I never give up. Because the other person will have to give up first, and that's that has been one of my philosophies. Oh, that is you all over. <laughs> and that is you. All that is over. all me over. And I remember reading that seventeen, going, "That is a really good philosophy." Because somebody, somebody has to give up first. I just think it's not you. And it is quite. It's a very interesting play. There's a film with it with um, Ingrid Bergman. I haven't seen it from the fifties, um, but it's an interesting play about how humankind often kills its saints and heroes because it fits. Even though it admires what they're doing, it kind of fears. Yeah. Fears what they stand for. <laughs> I did a monologue from that play in grade nine, Maureen, just so you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Big Joan of Arc fan it's... at an early age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is a, I mean, it is a very interesting story. And obviously, she was a woman that she, she thinks that men failed at. So obviously, she was going to get punished. <laughs> come to a sticky ending. And the other uh, guy, quickly, is Samuel Beckett, um, who's obviously very no well known for Waiting for Godot. End game, craps last tape, and happy days. And I saw Michael Gambon and Lee Evans in two thousand and four. Waiting for Godot. I think it was Waiting for Godot, and um, I just remember Lee Evans did a thing with ladders for about ten minutes, and it was the most hilarious thing I've ever he seen. He is, and that was twenty years ago. I, I do think about Lee Evans because he doesn't perform anymore, but no, he was such a you know. If you ever if you ever saw him live, you couldn't help but like absolutely lose it. I mean, the amount of times I've seen him and I would be crying and, and you know, on paper, you wouldn't think that that would be the sort of comedy I like. But yeah, what a fantastic physical comedian and performer. Let's, Incredible. Let's say he's a comic you wouldn't want to follow. <laughs> oh, unfollowable. <laughs> unfollowable. <laughs> Anyone that walks off stage drenched in that much sweat is of course you can't follow him yeah <laughs> all right and the last guy is martin mcdonough mcdonough who i think grew up in england but obviously with irish parents and listen to this as a as a a, a list uh the beauty queen Lillianne, the cripple of inishman the lonesome west the lieutenant of inishmore which is brilliant um he's also done a few films uh in bruges seven psychopaths three billboards outside ebbing missouri and the banshees of inishman yeah. seven psychopaths wow okay wow yeah, yeah. That's a good catalogue to Absolutely. have. Absolutely. Some of the best dialogue you'll ever see in a, 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 in a in a movie in particular. And you can tell that he's a playwright because the dialogue is always just... He writes so well. I mean, I saw um, Lieutenant Inishmore and it's a very dark play. And the darker it's it gets... It's always dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. But this is a really dark play about an, uh, a guy who's uh, during the Troubles who's too, too extreme for the IRA. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then wow. he goes back to his island and somebody he was people were looking after his cat and his cat has died and he's not happy about it um and it, honestly it's it's so funny and he he, he dissects because he knows irish i mean it's an irish Brit. he must have grown up in britain i think but he knows irish politics and irish history so well and he dissects it so well it's just 
absolutely fantastic writing. Because we all know the darker you are, the funnier you've got to be. Yes. It's like, that's, that's a really yeah. hard skill. Really hard skill, which is why I don't do it. But he's such a great playwright. So that's uh, some Irish writers for Blimey, you. Maureen, that you can't you can't say that you didn't do your blinking research for that particular cultural <laughs> corner because that is that was dynamite. Yeah, right? that's a, a very uh, uh, detailed look at Irish uh, writing. There, well done. Thank you very much um, for your corner that you cultured on your own. Actually, the scientist wasn't involved. For anyone that's listening. Maureen's an excellent self-culturer. I, I become more cultured just being mm. your friend, Maureen. So I'm Aww. grateful for all the things that you have exposed me to and taught me. And I hope that you feel the same way about Cherry Falls. Now, moving on to the... <laughs> to the <laughs> seen it. I haven't seen it. I'll, no. I'll send you a VHS copy so you can watch it on your... Okay, anyway, moving on. Yeah, I mean, I, I have got a video recorder. I do have a video we, uh, <laughs> So we're at that point. We've learned a lot. We've been cultured. We've, we've talked about our weeks. We've been rather positive with a, with a write back. Thank you so much again, writer. But uh, we want to get to that point in the episode where we, uh, we talk about the, the shit that's getting on our tits. Jen, what's getting your goat? Don't judge me. Now, you're going to be judging me now, but bloody well wait, okay? This is terrible, isn't it? That's what's got my goat. And do you know who I blame? Society. <laughs> So, um, no disrespect to anyone that owns a dog. Alison, I include you in this, okay? It's okay. It's not I, I, me yeah. ranting about people or dogs even. It's not that. But we were at the beach yesterday with my children and and my friend's children. And we were just having a little snack with the kids. They were having, I don't know what the hell they were having. Some some of them were having mini cheddars. Somebody had a jammy dodger. Do you know what I mean? There's a, an array of snacks on, on, on the um, blanket. And a dog rocks up and starts trying to take the food out of one of the kids' hands. Okay? Now, my children don't have dogs. We don't have dogs in our family and neither does my friend's children. So they don't, they're not familiar with dogs and they're, to be fair, scared of dogs. So we said, okay, to the dog, right, dog, go away, uh, please, because our children are eating. So we, so we sort of move the dog around, go off you go, dog. Bye-bye, dog. Hoping the owner will be like, okay, I'll take my dog. The owner walks over, comes over and we're like, okay, well, your dog is trying to eat our snacks. He went, oh, he always does that. And I went, Yes, okay, but could you take your dog? And they was like, oh, God, he, he knows I've got snacks. I don't know what he's doing. And I was like, well, he's eating my children's snacks, so could you take your dog? And uh, we're all being very British and very polite about it, going, oh, well, if you could take your dog, that would be lovely because the children don't really like dogs. And he's like, <laughs> what's he like, eh? Dogs, eh? And you're like, yes, you're the owner of the dog. Take your fucking dog out of the fucking way because they're eating, your dog is eating my... <laughs> Children snacks and scaring the living bejesus out of them because your dog is bigger than my children. Anyway, um, he doesn't. Ugh. What? He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, just stands there. In the end, uh, I can't. It wasn't even me. You would think it was me, but it was someone else. Takes the dog, moves the dog out, goes right. Um, sorry, could you take your dog, please? And the bloke goes, yep. And then starts walking away with the dog. Uh, and then the dog we see goes around to a, another set of little kids and scares the living crap out of them. This guy doesn't do anything. And we're standing there going, what is this guy doing? Of course, we were so British about it. What we should have said is, mate, can you put your dog on a yes. lead? 
because she's upsetting. There's loads of children yes. here and your dog is scaring the kids. But of course we didn't do that because we were idiots. I mean, in hindsight, I should have... Because I probably would have, but you know when you're in company, you don't... And I know Chloe would have been like, don't make a fuss, you always make a fuss. But I was so close to going, look... Your dog can be off on, 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 not on a lead, but not when there's little kids around and your dog is scaring the kids. I'm sure you think your dog is fine, but we don't know your dog. And when your dog's head is in my kid's face, that makes me very cross and anxious. So that's what got my goat this week. Was Is this guy not managing his pet properly? Yes. yes. <laughs> it was really annoying, really annoying. Yeah. And it is annoying. And you know what? I got to be honest. I am done with dog owners that have off-leash dogs in non-off-leash areas, right? There are other humans, there are other people around, and this is, a, I'm a dog owner. I would never do that. That's not fair. Of course, most, most dog owners wouldn't. I, I mean, this isn't a common experience, no. but this chap was being so, like, blasé about it, like, oh, you know what dogs are like? Like, look, mate, it's a dog, so I'm not even blaming the dog. I'm blaming you. you. yeah. Because you are supposed to manage your dog. Of course your dog is going to want to eat food if it's lying around, but it's your responsibility to take your dog and go, no, you don't eat other people's food. You're coming with me. I'll put you on the leash if you don't listen. That's all you want is a little bit of like, manage your dog. Because how would, how would that guy feel if he was sitting there having, you know, a picnic with his family and your children came running over and started to take food from, right? Oh, like, don't think for a second he wouldn't. Lost his mind. The living but, all, but also there's a thing, I mean, depending how big the dog is, you know, your child, even if they, they bit somebody, they're not going to kill somebody. You've got certain dogs wandering around that if they yeah. bit you, that's yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. a completely different thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this dog wasn't going to bite anyone. This dog was sure. really interested in the yeah. snacks. But it, it's it's like, <laughs> you know, come on. It kind of, it kind that's the sort of thing that really does sort of get my go. I'm like, you just look, manage your pets, everybody. Look at Maureen. She manages Jamie so well. Yeah, I built him a tree. Built him a tree. <laughs> her a tree. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah, her a tree. <laughs> oh, poor Jamie's going to be so confused. Yeah. She's going to be so confused. As I said, we don't know how Jamie's identifying anyway, so we can't even make that presumption. <laughs> anyway, that's what got my goat. But generally, generally life, you know, I'm not working tonight, guys. So could you... And you're getting to see me Friday. What more can you want? Getting to see more on Friday. It's start. See how the week starts. Well, I mean, it doesn't. It kind of gets worse as the week goes on. (laughs) (laughs) Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Or you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. YouTube, you never know. We may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Will that do? 